it's the biggest lie of the enemy when the enemy makes you believe that you're supposed to be broke and not influential and not making an impact on anybody's life. There is like a verse, build up worldly wealth to make friends. There's like a verse that says that. Build up worldly wealth so that you can make friends and then you'll have eternal dwellings. Psalms 112.3 even says, wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. The kingdom of heaven is not broke. The biggest lie of the enemy that he wants you to be uninfluential so that you're not inspiring all these people. It's easier to settle than it is to build wealth. So doesn't that already say something? You never want to go the easy way. Jesus never went the easy way. He always did the hard stuff. Yeah. So it's easier to true. settle into that scarcity mindset, settle and non-influential of like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, sit in my room and worship God all day long for like days or weeks and never leave the house. You're not impacting anybody. God gifted you special gifts and talents and you're wasting that. You're squandering the gifts that he gave you because it's not for you. It's for other people. It's for you to go out and, and bless other people with that. Oh, it's such a tricky lie that Satan will get into your mind and get you to think because he does use scripture and he makes you really think and question. I need this reminder and I think this is a really good topic to talk about. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. So we're back with another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Today, you'll never guess who we have. We have my sister Delaney Mason. She's coming on and she's talking about something that I personally need a reminder on you know, daily. And just watching her grow in her faith and being strengthened by the Holy Spirit has been just so impactful for me and inspiring to me too, because she's just been on this like acceleration. And I feel like she just has the gift of faith as one of your strengths is how much you believe and you step out on faith just in all aspects. I mean, if you've ever met Delaney, she literally lights up a room like, if if she walks into a room that you're in, you're most likely going to meet her because she's going to run up to you and introduce herself. <laughs> so I'm so excited for her to be on. I'm so excited for you to be on, Delaney, because I think you're just, you know, such a great person to talk about this topic of taking the limits off of God, because we can be so dead set on what we experience as making that what we believe. And the things that we see in the natural happen, it can really put a lid on what God can do. And I believe this is so important in this wake up series of of like, okay, let's wake up as believers, as followers of Christ, and take the limits off of God. So, Delaney, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, sissy. So I feel like we can't start this conversation without talking about where you first started. So take us to the beginning before you gave your life to Christ how you were living, what your mindset was, where you were at spiritually, and then what changed? Like what made the switch go off in your mind or really in who you are as a being? So like when I came to Christ? Yeah. And talk a little bit about your mindset before then. Okay. So before Christ, I was a new ager. So, you know, the people who like worship crystals and all that, 
uh, manifesting things from the universe, basically saying that you're God and everything that you think or say is supposed to come into existence because the universe is meant to serve you. God and universe used interchangeably and you basically control your reality and that you're the creator. So it, it's very deceptive because there's so much trend right now with this type of mindset and this way of thinking. So it's so easy to, to fall into that kind of deception because of how it's trending right now and it glorifies self over anything else. And as humans, our sinful nature, that was our very first sin where we fell out of grace with God was with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And the serpent, you know, Satan was like, oh, well, I mean, if you eat the fruit, you will be like God. So we wanted that. We all, we, it's like this, this internal desire, the sinful nature to want to be in control, to want to control our own reality. So that's where I was at before Christ. And whenever I was doing all of these like little practices, I was really just trying to fill this void that I constantly felt in my heart and this void that was there I was trying to fill it with my own like practices and doings of like if I meditate enough in the mornings if I say enough affirmations I am I am I am and just saying all these things that was not glorifying God and it wasn't like God has a way that he's designed you so he's designed us all certain ways and our identity is really found in Jesus. Like he's the one who created us. So as our creator, he knows how best we operate and he knows how we are. He understands us. Like what other God has come to the earth? What other God, right? The only living God that actually came down to the earth to walk side by side with his creation. No other whatever out there has done that. Only God has done that. So that really just goes to show he understands us. He lived He lived a human life with us. So he understands all of our struggles, our hardships, everything that we go through. So like for us to to put our faith and our trust in him that he knows us, he he hears us, he sees us, he knows what it's like to live the way that we live. He was tempted every other way that we've been tempted here. So like before Christ, that's where I was at. And then I got into a car accident with my sister. She was the one who first actually planted that seed in me of like, hey, maybe what you're doing is not good. <laughs> and I was like, whatever, sissy, you don't have the results I want in life. I was so stubborn, so hard hearted. I was just not going to listen to that whatsoever. I was like, whatever, I can live my own life. You do you. I considered the Bible to be personal development. That's where I was at with that. Like, isn't that like crazy? So like not even the word of God. I was just like, yeah, it's cool. Personal development, all, all good. So whenever I got in that car accident with my sister, it really opened my eyes to, to the way that it all played out because there were so many miracles that happened in that car accident. It was just like miracle after miracle after miracle is like coincidence coincidence, all of these things that just wouldn't have made sense. You know, it was literally like there was a force field around my sister because there was this drunk driver that hit her. It was like our car spun, their car spun. It was like this whole ordeal, but she was totally fine. We were both totally fine. So like for, for the, all that to play out and for me to be in this mindset of like, okay, well, if I control things in the universe and I thought, I basically thought this into existence, I don't want to be God anymore. I can't do that. Like, I make a really sucky God, okay? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be God no more. Like, I almost killed my sister if that's the case. So that's whenever I just, I really just had like a breakdown, this revelation in that car. And I was just, okay, I don't want to be God. I want to find out who this real God is. So that's whenever I downloaded the Bible app on my phone. I just started like diving into the word. I had the narrator read it to me from the very beginning, all the way up to like Deuteronomy or Numbers. It was like pretty deep in there for just like a week straight. I just laid on the couch and just had him like, 
I played the narrator to me. And every time I was, I didn't even know what I was looking for. I didn't even know what I was looking for. But anytime I went, oh, I would highlight it because on the Bible app, you can do that. But I was such a noob. I didn't even have a physical Bible. And also I was just very intimidated because the Bible is super long. So I was laying there having the narrator read it to me. I started Googling churches because, you know, the way of thinking I was in, it, I was, I've been trained, right, to be in rooms of people and be surrounded by people who have the results that you want in life. And I wanted to be surrounded by the people that were really close to God. And I was like, well, how can I find people like that? I know church. I'll go to church. So I started Googling churches in the area. I texted one of my spiritual mentors, business mentors at the time. Now she's my spiritual mentor as well. So Priscilla, shout out to her. I love her so much. She actually referred me over to this church, 12 Stone, which became my home church. And I showed up that Sunday, went to the nine o'clock service. I show up early and that's not like, I, I was like very early. Okay. Like 30 minutes before everything started. So I like showed up and I was asking all these questions. I was like, okay, well, what are, what are the apostles? I didn't know that Moses had a brother, you know, like all these things I, I, didn't know because we grew up in the church both me and my sister but just like never had a relationship with with jesus it was just religion right just religiously going and that's that kind of thing so i showed up you know asking all these questions i go in for the service come back out i'm just greeting people now i'm just like really happy just full of the the joy of the lord and then i go back in for the 11 o'clock service and it's the exact same service by the way but like i just went back in to hear it again i come back out they're doing baptisms and then as they're doing the baptisms, there is a lady, it's literally the Holy Spirit that spoke through this to this through this lady to me, because otherwise this wouldn't have happened. She came up to me and she asked me, Have you gotten baptized? And I was like, um, no, I don't think so. And she's like, Do you want to get baptized? And I was like, Well, yeah. And so then I go and I get baptized super. I I was like thinking there was supposed to be some kind of process for it, but no, it was just like if you feel the spirit, just like just do it. So I got in the tub and I got baptized on my first day at church, you know? <laughs> so I was, I was, um, never went back after that. Uh, you could just feel the difference. Jesus totally transformed my heart and everything that I used to want to do, the desires of my flesh and o- other things that like practices, like new age practices and other things that Jesus redeemed me out of is so repulsive to me now because I was living there in the darkness. And then he opened my eyes to the darkness. And it's like, once you come out of the darkness, there's like that, that, um, that passage in scripture where there's like a, um, Jesus was talking about like a woman who gets redeemed out of, or like a person, not, not, doesn't have to be a woman, but like somebody who gets redeemed from much, they feel much, right? They feel much, like much repentance. There's, mm. They're more broken over their sin rather than somebody who who hasn't, you know? So I felt like that. I was like, Jesus redeemed me from a lot of things. I was really messed up. And thank you, Jesus, for helping me through that. And then it's just been uphill from there. There's been multiple salvations of people around me And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I wasn't influential, you know, like God gave me a platform where I can, I can influence other people because if I didn't have that kind of influence, who knows, like God would have to find somebody else who does have influence to be able to share the gospel with somebody. And then also inviting them to church. You need to have some level of influence to be able Mm -hmm. to invite people to, to come to church with you. If they're not a believer, you just need some kind of influence. You have to be good with people. You have to really have like a heart for people. So I think that kind of like leads into where we're going with this. Yeah. And your story is so cool. I love every single time I hear it, I love listening to it. It was because just from my perspective of whenever I was first like starting my journey with Christ, it was like this veil is like lifting up and I'm like seeing things can be deceptive and I'm being, you know, I, I am being more in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying. And it's when if you're that person and the people around you that veil hasn't been lifted up for them. 
it can create a little bit of sadness in your heart. You know, you go into prayer for that person really is, is truly the posture of it. It's like, man, I really want their eyes to be open. And if you're somebody listening and you have loved ones that, you know, don't believe in Christ or haven't, you know, made that decision yet or haven't had that revelation yet or the veil lifted, there's so much hope in that. And the best thing you can do is pray because there's nothing better than watching somebody that you love come to Christ. And it's so cool. And so one thing too, that I wanted to point out is like you said, I have planted that seed in your mind. And that is just sharing the love of Christ. Because what does the Bible say? It says that the world will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. And so it's not this from like a condemning point of, no, Jesus just told me what you're doing is like straight from Satan or whatever, like, you know, straight from Satan, like you shouldn't be doing that. You know, it's not going about it in that way. It's going about it in a, in a loving way. I want to talk about real quick, because I don't think I actually have dove into this yet. And I think this is great since we grew up in the same background of that religion versus relationship. And so I do want to touch on this because what I really feel like people get turned off by going to church is because the people that they know going to church don't experience a, a heart change. They look like the people out in the world who don't go to church. And so when you are forced to go to church growing up as a kid, you know, you don't have that desire to go because you haven't seen transformation happen in the lives of the people that you are going to church with. And it's such a shame because I feel like that is the biggest like differentiator or however you say that word that (laughs) differentiates us from the rest of the world is allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life and not just going because, oh, we go to church on Sunday to like be a good person or to look like a good person or to feel good. We go out of a devotion for the Lord and out of love for other people. So how would you tell somebody to know they are walking in a religion type of mindset versus having a relationship with Christ? And how would you tell somebody to like cross that bridge or to break out of religion into relationship? So I would say be practicing the three spiritual habits. And if you think about yourself as a tree and a tree symbolizes believers that are rooted in the kingdom. And what three things does a tree need in order for it to flourish and grow? It needs sunlight, water, and soil. So the sun symbolizes like the actual sun, you know, the son of God, the truth, God's truth. And we can feel that through his word. And then we have water, which is a symbol for God's power. We can feel through prayer. And then we have soil, which is a symbol of fellowship with other believers and community. So we have to stay rooted in community. So I would be practicing those three spiritual habits. And like that goes for anybody who feels like a lukewarm type of feeling that don't want to be lukewarm anymore. Start there. Are you in your word every day? Are you reading the Bible every day? Are you praying and staying in communication with God every day? Prayer is so powerful. Like I used to think it's just like talking out loud to myself is what it felt like at first. It feels awkward if you're not used to praying. But yeah, just the more you do it, the more you you actually feel his his presence. Just ask God to like reveal himself to you more and more. You can even test him. Like there's like parts of scripture in the Bible where people actually tested God and was like, God, if this is you, show me a sign. That doesn't mean like, hey, God, if you're real, I should wake up next to a pile of candy canes. I don't know. You know, like don't 
say something dumb like that. But I mean, you can be like, God, like, please show me you're real. Like, show me you're here with me right now that you hear me and just humbly coming before him. Because a lot of times whenever we're not feeling God's presence, it can be because we are separating ourselves with our own sin. So our sin is what separates us from God and disobedience to the Lord because he is so holy. So if you think about it physically, God is so holy that we can't physically be in his presence. Like he had to get Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. Otherwise, they would have burned in his presence because now that they acted on their sinful nature, they had they were full of sin. They disobeyed God. They couldn't be in physical proximity with God anymore. So he had to get them out of the, the garden, not because he was mean about it, but because they were going to burn in his holiness. For us who live here in this, this world in on the earth, if we want to get closer to God, we have to walk more in obedience with him. So that way there's not that barrier of sin that's keeping us from getting close to him. That's really good. And I love talking about the tree reference because this can happen at multiple parts of our walk. We can be walking with the Lord for a while and maybe we've experienced, you know, disappointment by people, you know, maybe even disappointment by God, or we feel like this is all there is to life, you know, and we start to get complacent in a way and we start to believe like, okay, well, this is the life and this is the path that God has for me. You know, I'm just going to stick with this job. I'm just going to stick with where I'm at, even though it's not something that um, I feel like I'm growing in or I feel like I'm being utilized, like my gifts are being strengthened. How would you walk somebody through taking the limits off of God? Say they've been in a place where life has just kind of got them in a place of complacency or life has gotten them to stop dreaming, honestly, and to stop believing God for the life that they desire. They feel like God has more for them, but they don't know how to believe God for more. What would you tell them? I would say read the word, (laughs) the three spiritual habits again. And also you want to, your soil that you're around. So the community you're around, you don't want to be around people who have a scarcity mindset, who tell you that money is is evil and that you're not going to be able to use it for anything because those aren't the people that are building more churches. Those aren't the people that are sending their students on mission trips. That costs money. Like we're not worshiping money. You don't want to get to the point where you're worshiping money. Like, yes, you don't want to be doing that, but you use the resources that God gives you to make a bigger impact in his kingdom. So God is going to lift you up whenever you humble yourself before him. It sounds like it's a fine line because we do have that sinful nature of we're so prone to worship something. So if God and if Jesus is not on the throne of your life, you're going to be so prone to worship something else. So just be very intentional with your relationship with Jesus and be like, look, I'm just like, Jesus, you're my everything. You're everything in my life. Oh my gosh. Like wake up in the morning. Like he should be the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning and the last thing you think of when you go to bed at night. If you're broke and you're thinking, or even if you're not broke, it applies to anybody that is has money as an idol. What is the first thing that you think of when you wake up in the morning and the last thing you think of when you go to bed at night? Because that is your idol. That is what you're worshiping. If the first thing you think about is how busy your schedule is and like, oh, I need to do this for work. Do I have enough money to do this? Like on this finances or of this person or whatever, that's what you're worshiping over God. If you're, if that is what is happening. And it's okay. Like we all fall into that, right? Cause we have sinful nature. We're, that is just in our nature to want to worship something. So being intentional and just like the gratitude, really just think of all the amazing things God has done in your life. Cause God is so good, right? You wake up in the morning. It's like, wow. It's God's breath that is in my lungs right now. It's his breath here in my lungs. He made me in his image. I got to wake up in a warm house today. I woke up in a bed. I woke up 
not going hungry. You know, so many things that we take for granted. I woke up and the sun's out. Wow, the sun is still here. Like the sky is still here. Oxygen is still a thing. If you're like, if you don't know what to be grateful for, look around you. There's, I get to, I get to live here. I'm listening to this podcast on my phone. You know, I have a phone. If you have a phone, you can, you could definitely do so many things with that. You can connect to so many people. There's social media for a reason. Just use all these things wisely and waking up and saying, wow, good morning, God. Good morning. I'm so grateful that I got to wake up today. And then the last thing you think of when you go to bed at night, even for me and my partner, the last thing you think of when we go to bed at night, we don't live together yet. We're not married. So the last thing you think of when we go to bed at night is we're like talking to each other. And then we are very intentional with saying, all right, now pray, spend some time with Jesus and let's go to bed. And so then we'll, we'll hang up, spend time with Jesus, pray, go to bed. Yeah. Like we prayed a lot together though. We'll pray over the phone together. But the last thing that should be on our mind is just Jesus. Because that is what's showing who is on the throne of your heart and of your life. Yeah. And man, that's such a good reminder too, because I'll have seasons where that's like my life. Like I do wake up and the first thing I think of, I have times where I get on my knees when I first wake up and I'm praying and I go to bed and I'm praying. And then I get into some days and really weeks where it's like, that's not the case. So we can all fall into those things, but I think it's important to acknowledge that. And that's such a good indicator, right? So we say these things not out of like a self-condemning, like you should be doing this, but it's like, okay, let's gauge where you are and let's take inventory and have that self-evaluation and awareness because that's the first step towards change. You can't go through, I mean, you can, but it's not recommended and it's unwise to go through life and to not evaluate yourself, not to evaluate where you are. That's a dangerous lifestyle. And so I think that's a great indicator of, okay, what do I think of whenever I wake up? So whenever you go to bed and I think about what am I thinking of when you're laying down? Okay, let me pray about that. Asking God, Lord, like take this idol out of my life or lower it down, God, bring yourself above this in my heart. I think just making that a practice because he will answer your prayers. If you ask him, he's your father. He wants he wants to reveal himself to you more and he wants to help you. You have to just mm-hmm. surrender those areas to him. Mm-hmm. He wants to help. There's so many scriptures where God is literally telling the person that he's talking to, I will help you. I will lay, lift out my hand and help you. Here I am. Let me help you. <laughs> Why are you trying to do it by yourself? Because <laughs> yeah. you can't. <laughs> Yeah. And we try to all the time controlling our outcomes and controlling everything. That's why it's a daily walk because it's a daily, we're being bombarded with the world. We're being bombarded with work and having all these worries and cares of the world. But when we surrender, that is where freedom comes from. That's why there's freedom in Jesus because it's like, he'll take it. Yeah. It's a daily sanctification process. So it's not like you're supposed to be perfect. Now that you're like, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, that doesn't mean you're supposed to be perfect. It just means that it's a, you already been justified by the blood of Jesus, first of all. So there's that, but then you have a sanctification process. And I feel like there's a lot of Christians out there that also, and this was us, like the, the lukewarm basically, because we didn't have a relationship with Jesus growing up. It was just religion, right? Just going to church. But whenever you have that relationship with him, it's so much more special. It's so much more special. I want to talk more about the soil because I also agree that who you're around also dictates, honestly, like your belief indicator. Would you say, mm-hmm. would you agree with that or? Yeah. Like if your church is not expanding and planting churches other places, 
then it's stagnant and it's not growing. And if you're not growing, you're dying. But the more faith that you put into him, he's going to give you the resources that you need to go and make an impact in his kingdom. Also want to insert in there too, always, no matter who you are, who you're listening to, always, even us, me, whatever, always align it with scripture because you don't want to live a life less than what scripture tells us or more. I love the scripture, <laughs> Ephesians 3.20. I love that one. It's, I can give you immeasurably more, immeasurably more than anything you can think to ask or imagine. There's so much emphasis in that those words right there. Like immeasurably, what does that mean? Literally, it means you cannot measure. You cannot measure it. It's immeasurable. If he can give you something that you can't even measure, like thinking about on a human scale, okay, I can't, I can't even imagine it. Cause he even says that too, immeasurably more than anything you can even think to ask or imagine. And I think I have a pretty like wide imagination, but God literally says he will give you immeasurably more. That's so good. Mm -hmm. I need to write that down on my reminder because it's like whenever you're worried, so what would you say? Say you're worried about bills or finances. Like, would you say you're walking in faith or are you walking in fear or in doubt? That's, that's you worshiping your finances. You have people who don't have a lot of money that are always like thinking, okay, I can't afford this. I need to like save up this much and put this much away so that I can do this and, and this and this. You're literally worshiping money. That is a lack of faith. That is having a lack of faith in God and what he will be able to provide for you. But you got to step out and do work. Faith without works is dead. You got to go and do the work. He didn't just put you here on this earth so you could just like live stagnantly, not growing and doing nothing to benefit other people around you. He didn't do that. What would be the purpose of your life? <laughs> You're worth so much more. Your worth, your value is so much that literally Jesus came down and died for you. That is how valuable you are. Jesus came and died for you because you're valuable. Why are you going to squander the life that he gave you and the time he gave you here on this earth? You're squandering it. Squandering. The time that we scroll on social media or watching Netflix or watching the news or just like being lazy, sleeping. Oh my gosh, like sleeping too much. Okay, like we need to sleep, but like sleeping too much, just being lazy. Jesus was not lazy at all. And it was like he was always doing stuff for the kingdom, for other people. But he also withdrew to the wilderness to spend time with God. So there's a lot that God has planned for you. He has a plan for every single person here. He has a purpose for them. It's really sad that a lot of people don't ever end up finding that. Yeah. And how would you say, how would you tell somebody to find that? Like say they want to find their purpose and they want to find their calling. How would you tell them to discover that? I would say, ask God. <laughs> Three spiritual habits be in the word, get to look at all the stories, like really read the Bible from like Old Testament to New Testament, all of it. Don't just be in like one book of the Bible. Don't just be in Proverbs, you know, don't just be in the book of John. Like those are great, but you want to be able to read all of the Bible so that you can get a full understanding. Not like we'll never know everything about God. There's so many mysteries to him, but so you can get actually a better understanding of his character. You'll get to hear all these stories of other people and how he took people who are broken and he was able to lift them up. Like I'm literally in the, the book of Esther right now, okay? It's not a long one. It's not a long book, but like there were so many things that happened. God planted her exactly where she needed to be in order to redeem the Jewish people, like his chosen people. He planted her, he made her queen. Guys, he made her a queen, a queen, a whole queen. A whole queen. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he made her a whole queen. So like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times we can get and I'm very much have gotten in this mindset too of like worrying of making the wrong step. And a lot of the times we can question, is this God that I'm hearing? Or is this my voice? Is this the enemy's voice? And we can get in our minds about being afraid to step out on faith because we're afraid that it's not God. We're afraid to make a mistake. And what I've been learning in this season is that God honors the try. And if we think about God of the perfect father that he is, you think about the perfect parent and they're looking at their children. If their children are trying to step out on faith and, and doing these things that they feel like, oh, my my dad would love this or my mom would love this. And they're actively trying to please their parents, even if they have it totally wrong. What do you think the perfect father or perfect mother would be thinking about their child? He knows thinking, their heart. Yes, exactly. And so I love that you keep bringing up the three spiritual habits because that truly is really the things that will transform your life. It's so simple and it's so easy not to do. I want us to get out of this place of, because it is a freaking rabbit hole because I've been there, out of this place of worry and doubt and fear of doing the wrong thing or of not fulfilling my purpose here or my calling here on earth and just trusting in God because he lives on the inside of you. So trusting the knowing, the feeling that you have of, I just, I just have a feeling that this is where God wants me to be, or I have a feeling that I should stay at this job, or I have a feeling that, you know, I have peace around. And I think that has been a really the biggest tip for me is, do I feel peace in making this decision or do I not feel peace? Because Jesus said, I will leave you with peace. Mm-hmm. with the world will not leave you with. So peace is such a good indicator and joy. Those two things, peace and joy. And I'm like, do I have peace and joy in this decision or do I not? And mm-hmm. that has really helped me like just like tactically making decisions and like, okay, this is, I feel like this is God telling me to do something or mm, I'm going to be hesitant here. I feel hesitant and paying attention to that. I want to add something there too, is God will honor your your actions more than you not doing anything. If you're like not sure about something, like guys, look at look at the New Testament. Whenever Paul was gonna go over to Asia, because you know, Paul, he's full of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is like super prevalent there. He didn't sit around and just ponder what God wants for him. He didn't do that. He just he was like go, go, go. Like, yeah, of course he had his times where he needed to withdraw, like, you know, Jesus and and be alone with the Lord. But like, he was thinking, this sounds like something that God would want me to do. And he went and did it. And he was going to Asia. Then the Holy Spirit, it literally says in scripture, the Holy Spirit told him not to go to Asia, but he was already on his way. So if God doesn't want you to do something, he will let you know. He will let yeah. you know that he, he doesn't want you to do it. But that doesn't mean sit around hesitantly waiting. Is, should I do this or should I not? Like pray on it. But like, if you already think I'm going to do this for the Lord, you know, just go and do it. And then if God doesn't want you to do it, he will make it known to you. Okay, don't go that way. And yes. he'll open up a path somewhere else. Because that's what he did with Paul. Yes, he will. I'm so glad that you added that. And that's why it's so important to read scripture because these aren't just stories in the Bible. These are examples of how God shows up, how God will show up and wants to show up in your life. It's literally a direction. So the more that we learn God's character, the more that we can identify him working in our life too. Because more often than not, God is speaking to you more times than what you actually acknowledge that he is. So just in wrapping up, 
share a time. I know you're vulnerable, so you will, but share a time where maybe have you ever gone through like a season of massive doubt after you came to Christ, doubting God or doubting your, your gifts or doubting your identity in Christ? Have you ever gone through a season of doubt and what helped you out of that? Hmm. There's two times I'm thinking of. So the first one I'm thinking of, whenever I first came to Christ, that feeling of total transformation, I'm on fire for the Lord. I had a moment where I was questioning everything I was doing in my life and if it was on if it was if that was the path God wanted me on. So it was like specifically in like my career path, like my business. I took like a whole month break of just like soaking and absorbing. I wanted to learn as much as possible. So I went and I dove into the word. I was like super about being around mentorship spiritual mentors that were going to teach me and educate me. And I was like, in all these small groups, I was doing everything because I was just soaking it in. I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. And I was thinking, should I go like full time in the ministry? Is this where I should be? Because like, it feels so nice to just be around all these spirit filled people all the time. And you know, get to read the Bible all the time and even get paid to just be a pastor or speak or something. And I, I took like a whole month to just think about that. And then I had to realize God confirmed with me many, many, many times that he wants me where I'm at in my business because it just makes zero sense, right? This is the same. So the business that I'm in is the same business that brought me to Christ. It's the same community of people that brought me to Christ. Now it's the same business, the community that brought me to my partner, my life partner, and him also to Christ because he was an atheist just like a few months ago. God's hand is at work in this business and also our leader. He also came to Christ. It was like so, there's so many people, like it's getting so much stronger here. So if anything, like everybody's different, right? Everyone has their own path that God's calling them to. For me specifically, it's where I'm at right now because he's filled me with this desire that of my heart that I can actually see us having ministries worldwide. And if I were to be a part, if I were to join in with a, like a ministry and do that full time, I wouldn't have this influence in business. All these years of me being an entrepreneur and going through new age, all these things in the business world, in the entrepreneur world, there are so many people that are still in new age. So I could have gone into ministry full time, being surrounded with people who already know Jesus, or I could get sent out into the battlefield where nobody knows him or where there's not as many people who know him and help the person that I used to be. Mm. Because that person is the person that I was. And I came to Christ through all of this because of the seeds that were planted in me from a business with people who had influence. I was like, I want what they have. So that's why I say that God wants to bring you up. He wants to lift you up and make you influential. People will look at you different and be like, what is it that she has that I don't have? Like literally there's like a session that our profession does called GoPro and our leader Colton, he actually went out on the stage and before he even started his speech, this is like a huge event. There's hundreds of thousands of people that tune into this every single year. He came out on stage. He was the only person who did this too, mind you guys. It's a profession where there's so many new agers. There's so many people that are not followers of Christ. There's, there's a big percentage who are, but not all of them, right? Like where can, where can we make the biggest impact? Can I do it in the church where everybody already knows Jesus? Or can I do it out on the battlefield where there's people like who I used to be? Who's, who's going to pray for those people? Who's going to go out and impact and influence those people? Those people are not going to set foot into a church. 
Mm-hmm. They're going to listen to somebody who's in the field that they're in. Mm-hmm. But Colton, he went out on stage. The first thing he said was, first of all, I would like to give thanks and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for him, I would not be here. And get check this out, guys. This is how good God is. That was a seed that was planted into my now life partner. He was atheist. At the end of the night, he was Christian. <laughs> Shut up! Ah! Yep. So I got to see firsthand the salvations, the revivals, the renewals, the people that are going from lukewarm church to people who are coming out of new age. I see it most in where I'm at right now. Mm. So even though I had those doubts, God continuously confirmed with me over and over again, not just from like the salvations I got to witness, but also from scripture. He would show me things like you are the light of the world. I will lift you up. Humble yourself before me and I will lift you up. I will give you the desires of your heart. They're there for a reason. It's not like I just randomly wanted to have a house in the Caribbean because it's cool. Like, it's not just I wanted to have ministries worldwide and make disciples of all nations. Jesus called us to do that anyways. How can I best most efficiently do that with the gifts that he's given me? And like, I love getting to speak like this to people. I love getting to have this kind of influence to glorify God. I wouldn't have been able to do anything that I, <laughs> the people that are in my life right now, I would not have been able to connect with them if it was not for the business I'm in right now. If it was not for this profession, if it was not for my sister, she brought me here, you know? So it's, it's just so, it's so amazing. Like God will confirm it. He will give you confirmation. You ask him, he will show it. He will show it mm-hmm. so strongly. Mm-hmm. He's so good. I love everything that you just said. It's like we're seeing the world in a different way when we first come to Christ. It's like we're seeing things that we used to do and it's like, oh my gosh, I don't see that or view that the same way. And you can get in a place of not wanting to make a wrong turn and getting in a place of worry. And it's out of like a good place in your heart. It's like you want to please God, but you're in this state of like, it's like a transition, you know, whenever you transition from like high school, college, et cetera, it's like a transitional period of your life or transitioning into business out of the corporate world. Mm -hmm. It's like all these questionings and you're seeing things in a different light. And so, yeah, it's like you want to just obey. Am I sinning if I do this? It's like, I want to just obey. Yeah. And so it it can get really extreme in the beginning because you're so sensitive with the Holy Spirit is so present, especially in that like beginning. It's like, oh gosh, I don't even want to do that. Oh, how how could you think that? How could you do that? Oh, is my sinning if I do this? I just want to obey, you know? And it's, I think it's really cute because it's like a newborn, right? You really are a newborn in Christ whenever that happens. And God is just looking on you with so much grace and he's just loving on you. He's like, oh, there, there. You're so, so cute. <laughs> so cute, my little one. <laughs> I know. I love it so much. There's so much grace and love in his arms. It's so beautiful. And that confirmation, it's grace and it's love. He gives you confirmation from a place of grace and love because he's there to help you. He's there to guide you in his word. He promises. It's not just, oh, I'll guide you. It's a promise. He will guide you. He says, I will guide you. My spirit will guide you. And just resting in that and meditating on that truth versus out of a place of fear of, I don't want to do the wrong thing. No, God will guide me. God will guide me. 
and saying that out loud. I love what you're doing. I love watching you grow. And you really do remind me, even though if you don't know it, you really do remind me to keep dreaming and to believe in myself and to believe that God has given me gifts to use and to not waste. And so you remind me of that often don't waste it away in the quiet place yeah the quiet place is not for wasting away your gifts and talents that god gave you your quiet place is to spend time with the lord but it's not to waste away away from the world and not contribute to society god calls us into fellowship for reasons jesus literally told us and sent us out into all the world to go make disciples of all nations. What does that consist of? It means you have to leave your house. (laughs) It means you need to get out there and talk to people. I'm sorry, if you're like, oh, I hate people, then that means you hate Jesus's body because the body of Christ is the church. You need to love the people. Nobody's perfect. If you ever find the perfect church, don't go to it because you'll mess it up, all right? So Uh like, you gotta give people grace. Of course, you don't want to be in toxic soil, toxic environments, toxic church, but God will give you discernment in that. Ask him for discernment in in that and really get around people that are full of the spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you tell that by their fruits. Yep. You tell, you can tell a tree by its fruits. So if you're like, not sure if this is a wolf in sheep's clothing, what do their fruits look like? Are there fruits of the spirit in them? What do they do behind closed doors? Yeah, and those are found in Galatians 5.22. If you're wondering, those fruits of the Spirit is joy, peace, kindness, patience, goodness, self-control, those fruits. So this was an amazing conversation, Jane. I call my sister Jane, by the way, but (laughs) this is such a good conversation. I really like the last sum up of don't waste away in the quiet place. Like that's a place to get renewal and a place to really be with the Lord and to soak in his presence. But don't let that be your entire life. If we look at all the people in the Bible, they were a doer of the word, not just a hearer. They went and they did. And that's going to take you getting out of your comfort zone. That's going to take you gaining influence and being bold and stepping out on faith. Our biggest hope is that you leave this episode feeling like you have direction and you have a God that's on your side and that will guide you. That is his promise that he will guide you and to get out of a place of complacency of feeling like this is all that there is to life because like in Ephesians, Delaney mentioned, God can do immeasurably more than you can imagine, but he can only work through faith. You can't please God without faith. You want to be a good vessel. If you're not going to be a good vessel for God to use, he's not going to use you. He'll use somebody else. That's an obedient vessel. Somebody who's obedient, somebody who's going to take action, someone who's not fearful because fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is a sin. So don't be fearful. In order for you to live in faith, you need to go and take action. Be a doer of the word, like Sissy said. I want to leave everyone with an assignment, if that's okay, Sissy. Yes, please. Give us something. All right. So guys, you learned today about three spiritual habits. So if you haven't practiced those yet, being in your word every day in the Bible, reading, and then praying, and then also getting in a good fellowship with other people as often as you can. Do that for 30 days straight and see how your life changes. And then also, guys, if you want to take it a step further, so for my overachievers out there who are like, I want to find my purpose in life, make a list of 50, like actually give yourself like 30 minutes to do this because it actually, I did this at at one of the events I was at recently and it helped me so much visualize what is really possible if I didn't have any limits on anything, if I didn't limit God at all. So make a list of 50, five, zero goals that you want to accomplish in the next 10 years. Mm. Make a list of 50 goals and then go through those list of 50 and label them. Is this a one-year goal, a three-year goal, a five-year goal, or a 10-year goal for all 50? And then narrow it down 
for your top three one-year goals, what are the most three impactful and strongest goals that you would want to accomplish within the next year? And then focus on that. Mm -hmm. You said one year, two year, five year, 10? One, three, five, 10. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to do this. Wow, this will be fun, guys. Yeah, give yourself some time to do it too. Around like 15 or 20, I kind of, it got hard. There was literally no limit. What would you do? Be on the moon? Okay, cool. Have 10 yachts? Cool. Have a jet? I like, I want a jet. I want a jet because it's so much more convenient. It saves so much time. And if I wanted to fly to this ministry out there, I don't have to be waiting in TSA with all these layovers and stuff. I could be out there doing stuff. You know, whatever you want to do in the next 10 years, write that down and then label each one. And then for you to start focusing in on what you want to accomplish within the next one year, find your top three one-year goals and what would be the most impactful, the most important ones for you. I love it. Thank you so much, Delaney. Where can the people find you if they want more of Delaney? So I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. So Instagram and TikTok at the ad symbol. It's my my full name, Delaney My Mason. So that's D-E-L-A-N-E-Y-M-A-I-M-A-S-O-N. That's for Instagram and TikTok. And then on Facebook, it's just my name, D-E-L-A-N-E-Y, Mason, M-A-S-O-N. And then that's for YouTube as well. Awesome. If you're doing the assignment, shoot Delaney a DM or a message. Write out all your goals and tag me on, on all your platforms. Wherever you post it, tag me. I would love to see it. I'll reshare it. Yes, yes. We got this. Y'all got this. We believe in you. God believes in you. He created you for your purpose. So go out there and have the best week because you can. All right, let's bring it in, giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.